Hey, we're so blessed by our worship team. Thank you, guys. That's just amazing. But let's enjoy the presence of God for a moment. You know, as I was preparing to preach and preparing to lead this service, I really felt stirred by a spirit of thankfulness. You know, we've got so much to be thankful for. So come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you for all the amazing people in our world. We thank you for our, our loved ones, our children, our husbands, our wives, our partners. Lord, we thank you for our homes. We thank you for the church. Lord, we thank you for our jobs. Lord, we thank you that we have hope for our future. No matter what's going on around us, Lord, because of you, we have hope and we thank you, Jesus. Come on, wherever you are, church, right now, touch three people and say, I'm so thankful. I've got a thankful spirit in my heart and I'm going to stir it up. Come on, let's have a spirit of thankfulness in the church right now. I want to say a couple of thank yous to some amazing people in my world. And my, the first person I am thankful for today is an awesome lady called Ellie Wilson. She is my PA and uh, I'm so grateful for her. Um, she does so much around behind the scenes that you'll never see. But where I'm not organised, Ellie's organised. And she, I'll go to her sometimes and say, Ellie, have we done that? And without fail, she said, did that last week, did that last week. So I am thankful for you, Ellie Wilson. You are a godsend. Yeah, come on. If, wherever you are in the house, a round of applause for her. Someone else I'm thankful for is the awesomeness that we call Billy Muat. Uh, yeah, been in the church a little while now and uh, just slotted in. And she's such a blessing to me and to us as a ministry. Um, she's carried some great skills in, in videography and editing and all these kind of things. And there was a little situation at the beginning of lockdown, oh, a couple of months ago now. And I was preaching in my front room with my iPhone. And um, I was about five minutes from the end of my message. And my son, Josh, started to call me. And I'd forgotten to put it on airplane mode. So there I was, preaching my little heart out. And it kept coming up, Josh is calling, Josh is calling. And I was like, no, keep preaching, Josh is calling. No, keep preaching, Josh is calling. I was like, stop calling me. In the end, he did stop calling me and I finished the message. But what happened was, when I went to relook really at how it, how it had come out, the, the video just stopped recording at the first call, which meant probably five, six, seven minutes of my message wasn't recorded. So I thought, oh, brilliant. So I just re-recorded the last five minutes and sent it over to Billy. And Billy said, leave it with me, Barry. I've got this. And when it came out on the Sunday, none of you would have noticed. I knew I was, I was looking for it and I didn't. She spliced it together so well, no one could even see the edit. Billy, you're awesome and we're grateful to you. Now, there's something hilarious about that story for this given week. So we record these, these services on a Tuesday to give the editing team some time so that we can send it out on Sunday and we can all enjoy it together. And so we're recording away and the worship team have done their set and I've preached my preach. And about five minutes before the end, there was a power cut. Everything went off. The lights went off. We're all looking at each other going, oh, no. And I said, don't worry. I'll do the last five minutes again. Billy's got this. And Nathan, who's our production team leader, said, sorry, Pastor Barry, power going out means nothing has been saved, which meant the entire thing had to be re-recorded. So I am also thankful for our amazing worship team because the set we've just worshipped to was the second recording of the same set. So massive round of applause wherever you are. Yes, come on. 
The worship team worked so hard, but I said I won't put you through the message a second time on the same night. So I've come back, and we're recording this on a different night. So if there was a funny bit where the, the stand was there, you understand why now. But hey, this is the life of church, but we're doing a good thing for Jesus. Is there an amen in the house? We are gathering 50 people into, in a watch party now and we'd love to see you here. Maybe get on there and, and book a ticket for next week. There's something special that happens when we're in the room together. You will still keep sending it out so everyone can see it and there's literally hundreds of people all over the world watching our services and it's our privilege to serve you that way but there is still something special about being in the room. So celebrating you being together and maybe you could be there next week if you're not here this week. If you're a first time visitor with us, make yourself known. We've had so many people just hooking up with church life through this lockdown period. It's just our privilege to walk out life with you. So say hi, send in an email to the church, put something on the chat box, however you want to do it. Just make yourself known so that we can partner with you and walk out this life together. Um, we look, we're keeping our giving going. Always want to create an opportunity for people to honour God with their finances. The ways to give will come up on the screen right now. But hey, those who give with a generous heart, God says, I'm going to do something with that. I'm going to press it down. I'm going to shake it up and I'm going to let it overflow in your life as we give to God. It always comes back because you're never going to outgive God. So come on, let's honour him with our finances right now. Uh, a little excitement in the church right now because next Sunday we have the privilege of having Sarah Jane Roberts preach for us. Yeah, come on. She's so awesome. She hasn't been able to preach through the lockdown period, so it's five months or more since uh, Sarah's preached, but she has a, such an anointed gift uh, to preach the gospel, to inspire people, and to bring some clout from heaven. So invite some people to watch that next week. It's going to be a great one with Sarah Jane Roberts. Cool. Who's up for a message this week then? Come on. We all have different starting points in life. We all have different skills. We all have different dreams. We all have different ideas about what success or satisfaction might look like. But what we can all agree on is life is better when it just flows. When your life is generally going in the right direction, it's just easier. Because we all hit bumps in the road. They happen to all of us. But if you're bump after bump after bump after bump after bump, it gets you you down in the end but if life is generally flowing and you hit a bump in the road it's so much easier to handle it you can get past it and keep going life is better when it flows so I'm going to start a series of messages that I'm going to preach now that I'm calling truth bombs if you're in the chat box right now you can put truth bombs it's going to be good touch three people and say this is going to be a great message and it's right for you God gives us truths that when we grasp them and apply them to life, life just flows better. There are all kinds of ways to approach life, but it's my goal always to point you back to the maker. Let's look back at the maker's manual. Let's look back at the creator of life and say, how do you want us to live? Because you created life, and as we live life your way, it flows better. So my goal today is to point you to the Father. When Jesus walked the earth, what did he do? He kept pointing us back to the Father. I only do what I see the Father doing. He was demonstrating the Father. So in today's message, come on, let's start choosing to live life according to the Maker's Manual. Why? Because here's my title, I want my life to flow. I want my life to flow. Let's have a little look what that might look like. Check out this verse. Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 16, it says this. 
Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you, so that you may live long and that it may go well with you in the land your God is giving you. Hello! Right in the middle there, right in the middle of the Ten Commandments, we get something that sounds like this. I want my life to flow. Doesn't it sound like you may live long and it may go well with you? That's exactly it. You see, it's right in the maker's manual. And here, right in the Ten Commandments, we find it. And so often people look at the Ten Commandments and go, oh, a bunch of rules. But the reality is, you study them, they are life-affirming. You study them and apply them to your life. What happens? It causes flow. So right there, we had this idea of two concepts. The first one is your parents. Now, I've been a parent now for a little over 16 years, and it's not until you become a parent that you realize how much sacrifice your parents have made to position you for life. It costs. And so the Bible says, honor your parents. There is something special about the bond you have between you and them. Honor them. And when we talk about honor here, it's esteem, it's value, it's adding weight. So there's the idea of the parents, but then there's this idea of honor. And today I want to zoom in to this idea of honor, the concept of honor. Because honor is a key value of Jesus which allows flow. It's a word that sparks thoughts like respect and esteem and value. The Hebrew word right there in the Ten Commandments, honor your father and mother, the Hebrew word for honor there is a word called kabed, and it means to be weighty. So when someone or something is weighty to you, it's important, and you get your weight behind it. It's to do with weight, but it's also linked with respect and esteem and value. You can, you can picture it all. Look at this verse here through the lens of honor. Matthew 10 and verse 41. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. When you receive a prophet, and you are respecting the gift they carry. When you receive a prophet and you're esteeming them and valuing them, you're putting weight behind their gift. What happens? They know you respect them. They know you value them. They know you esteem them. They know that they carry weight in your life. And what does it do? It allows them to function in their gift fully. It causes flow. What's the outworking of that? You receive the prophet's gift, prophecy in your life, which builds you up and encourages you and gives you hope for a future. And the prophet feels valued and is able to flow. You win, they win. Where there is honor, it's win-win. Everyone wins. It causes flow. Honor causes flow that leads to life. Now, there'll be lots of you who came to the event we held last year that we called Equippers One. We went as a church, there are four equippers locations in the UK and we went out to Woking and we all gathered together in a great big, I think it's 13 or 1400 seat building and it was ran full of all these different people and there was the Essex contingent and it, we had a great, great time. It was good to celebrate what's happening in equippers churches around our country and to hear stories. And halfway through the service, they called up all the pastors and they did a panel with us and they asked us some questions and we were able to share, share some feedback about the life of our, our churches. It was a really great time. 
But each pastor got called to the front. And when they said, and Pastor Barry Roberts from Essex come up the front, all of Essex went wild. It was brilliant. I was walking up onto the stage and there was this like, yeah, Barry, Barry, Barry. People were clapping. I was almost a little bit embarrassed, but only a little bit. And it was absolutely brilliant. But you need to understand what was going off in that moment. Firstly, I didn't instigate it. I didn't secretly go around everyone and go, when they call my name, can you all cheer? That'll be good. I, didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't expecting it. But when I got up there, the crowd went crazy. But what it did for me is it made me feel the weight of how people respect me and value me and esteem me as their pastor. It was honour. What does that do in me? I'll tell you what it does. It gives me freedom to work in my leadership gift to lead the people who value me. So I can flow in my gift. You get the best version of Pastor Barry Roberts and I get the best version of Equippers Essex and we flow. Honour causes flow. So if you want your life to flow, honour is a key. It's win-win. It's a value of heaven that, re that releases heaven on earth when we flow in honour. Honour is a value that affects your language, your thought process and your actions. And so even now I want to challenge you to start considering what does honour look like for you in your day-to-day -day life? How about, how about this? Honour your spouse. When I look at my life, I, I love my wife Sarah. She's absolutely awesome. She's you know, God sent to me. She's perfect. And I make her breakfast in bed. And uh, I do it very regularly. And uh, we were out on a, um, a pastor's retreat. And, you know, you have breakfast together and it's so good. And all the lads sit together and talk about lad stuff, football and sport and stuff. And all the girls sit together. And I didn't know it, but they were chatting about day-to-day -day life. And Sarah obviously just dropped out to all the girls. Oh, Barry makes me breakfast in bed. Well, all the girls got up and they were hanging around their husbands. Barry makes breakfast in bed for Sarah. Barry makes breakfast for bed in Sarah. And all the lads were like, Barry, what are you doing? Stitched us right up there. But the thing is, I do. We don't just go to these places and pretend something. That is my lifestyle. Do you know why I do that? Because I want to set my wife up to win. When I get home from work, if I'm there before Sarah is and she's coming in, I will always do the dishwasher because I know when she walks through the door, if the kitchen is tidy, it blesses her. And you know what? It takes me five minutes of my time, but what's it showing my wife? That I value her, that I esteem what she's concerned with. What's weighty to her, the kitchen being tidy, becomes weighty to me. I put my weight behind it. So when she walks home from work, she's like, oh, what happens? She feels valued. She feels esteemed. She knows she's important to me. It's honour. What happens there? I get the best version of Sarah as my wife because she feels honoured. So I get the best Sarah. She gets the best Barry. Honour causes flow in our relationship. But it's a choice. Every day I get to choose. Every day Sarah gets to choose. It flows in our life by the choices we make, by the way we think, speak, and act. And it's about putting weight behind someone else. It causes flow. What does it look like in other relationships? Honour your boss. Honour your employees. Honour your children. Honour your friends. Honour your neighbours. You know, what does honour look like in those relationships? I've unpacked a little bit of what an aspect of honour looks like in my marriage. But what does honour look like in these places? 
Can I be a tad controversial right now? Can I throw out a deep thought to you? Honour your government. Did I go there? You know, so much being said on the news, so much opinion about everything that's going on right now. But the Bible, God's word, the maker's manual has much to say about honouring government, honouring leadership. Honour doesn't mean agreeing with everything. But it does mean you can wash your language with honour. You can wash your attitude with honour. The way you disagree can still be honouring. And here's the thing. The same people who are criticising our government, the same people who are running every decision down, the same people who are pulling it all apart, are then on their knees on a Sunday morning saying, God, visit our land. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Come and change this land. Come and save the nation. And God's looking down going, do you know where I flow best? In a place where there's honour. So come on, church. How about we demonstrate a value of heaven, uh, demonstrate a value of heaven? You know, I'm not asking you to agree with the government. You may or you may not. I, that's not my platform to decide. But it is my platform to instigate a value of heaven. And one of the values of heaven is honour. So how about we choose how we behave around all these different areas of life because honour causes flow. How would our country flow if we actually honoured the government? Big questions. Honour functions up, it functions down, and it functions sideways. It's kind of a 360 degree. It's not just about honouring leaders. Yes, we should honour leaders. But it's also about honouring employees, honouring people who serve you. It's in two directions. It's also about honouring your peers, honouring your friends, honouring your co-workers. Honour works all round. And you can consider and unpack what that might look like for you. But as we live a life of honour, it allows flow in every area up down sideways and everything in between now if we're discussing what honor releases in terms of flow surely the opposite is true what stops flow and one of the things I want to suggest to you that stops flow is dishonor and dishonor displays itself in all kinds of ways one of the ways I believe dishonor displays itself is in ungratefulness you know, imagine you've put yourself out and done something really kind for someone. And they're just like, oh, is that it? How does that make you feel? It's like, oh, I don't feel valued at all. I don't feel esteemed at all. The thing I put weight behind, they just disregarded it. Ouch. And then it just brings a block in that relationship. It doesn't allow it to flow. It hinders it. You see, ungratefulness hinders flow because it's dishonor disrespect you know imagine bringing up your children and they get to a stage where they start answering back here you are as your parents you've made sacrifices you've gone out of your way you've driven them here you've you've gone without so you could buy them stuff you've taken them on holidays you've bought them the clothes you've, you've spent time doing their homework with them and sometimes for them you're doing all this stuff and then they start getting cheeky and then they start answering back it's just total disrespect and what happens it hinders the flow of the relationship between parent and child you see, disrespect hinders flow. What about gossip? Gossip is so dishonouring. When you find out that someone has been speaking about you behind your back, there's no honour there. You don't feel valued. 
You feel disrespected. And so therefore it hinders that relationship. You won't feel able to trust that person going forward because you know what they're saying behind your back. So how about this? You can't live someone else's life, but you can live yours. So how about from today you make a decision? I'm not getting sucked into gossip because it's dishonoring and it's stopping and hindering the flow in my life. It's a God thing. How about opinion? Ah, oh, so many opinionated people in the world. But here's what I've learned. Opinion has never built a thing. Opinion builds nothing. You can see someone who's, you know, building a business or building a home or, or building a church or building a ministry or building a career, and someone will have an opinion about that. And they're entitled to their opinion. But I tell you what, their opinion's never built anything. You may make mistakes, but I tell you what, you're advancing. But when people have an opinion about it, it's just ouch. It's disrespectful. It's hurtful. And it's dishonoring. And it stops flow in that relationship. So let's think to ourselves, let's cut out of our lives and its choice, the things that stop flow and work hard at instigating the things that cause flow because we want our life to flow. The title, I want my life to flow. Someone can put that in the chat box. How about this? Are you looking for a miracle? There are points in most people's world where they just need something outrageous to happen. It might be a healing. It might be a door opening in your world somewhere. It might be a change of circumstances and you've tried everything and it's not happening. It comes to the point where you're like, God, it's got to be you. And I know this. I serve the God of miracles. I've experienced many. I've seen many. God is still doing the miraculous. But here's the thing. Honor is the breeding ground for miracles. When we can be people who live lives of honor, God says, yes, I can work in that environment. Where there's dishonor, how can we expect the flow of heaven? So honour is the breeding ground. It allows heaven to flow on earth. It allows faith to flow. It pulls God down into our dimension. It allows people who are gifted to flow in their gift. So what I want you to do is to look at this story about blind Bartimaeus through the lens of honour. Let me read it to you. Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting at the roadside begging. When he heard that Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. So through the lens of honour, what's happening? Bartimaeus hears that Jesus is coming. He's blind and he believes in his heart that Jesus can heal him. He's got faith. That is one element to this miracle. Faith draws on the miracles of God. He believes Jesus can do it. And then he starts shouting out, doesn't he? Jesus, but the crowd says, shush, be quiet, enough. 
And he could have done that. If he had done that, he would have been honoring the crowd. He would have been giving weight to the crowd's opinion and requests. That would have mattered to him. It would have been a value to him. But he didn't do that. He shouted all the more, be quiet, they said. And he went, shove that. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Shh, shh, stop it. Shove you. Jesus, over here. What's he doing? He's giving more weight to an encounter with Jesus than he was giving weight to the opinion of the crowd. He called out to Jesus. It was weighty to him. He revered him. He knew he had could pull on him and he wasn't going to give up. It carried weight with him. What did that do to Jesus? As Jesus was walking along and he saw the crowds, he would have seen them shushing him. But then he heard this cry of faith. Jesus, have mercy on me. But what is it doing through the eyes of honour? It's making Jesus more important than the crowd. Jesus could see everyone telling him to be quiet, and yet he would not give up. Why? Because it was weighty to him. And so Jesus stepped up and said, this man values me more than the crowd. Bring him to me. And he says to him, your faith has healed you. But there was an element of honour right there where he had to make a decision what carried the most weight in that situation. And he decided it wasn't the crowd, but it was an encounter with Jesus. It was honour. And honour allowed the flow of heaven in his life and he was healed. Come on, if you're needing a miracle in your life today, honour is a key element. Come on, give weight to the things of Jesus. Because here's the thing, there's always a crowd We all have crowds in our life. We all have people and groups of people that have opinion and have a voice and speak out and tell us what we should and shouldn't be doing. But what are you going to value? Because do you know what? It's your life and you get to choose. And I know this, when you give more weight to the things of Jesus than you give to the crowd, that's a breeding ground for the miraculous. That's a breeding ground for the flow of heaven in your world. And come on, I want my life to flow. I know you want your life to flow. Honour is a key. Come on, church. Someone put in the chat box, honour is a key. I'm choosing honour today because it's a choice. Honour allows the flow. Here's a principle, a key principle that I've hung my life on. I love my life. I feel so blessed. And I've hung my life on this verse here. 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 30. It's the second half of the verse. But now the Lord declares, far be it from me. Those who honour me, I will honour. But those who despise me will be disdained. Do you know that word honour there? Do you know what it is again? It's kebed. It's that Hebrew word that means weight. Those who put their weight behind what's important to me, says God, I will put the weight of heaven behind them. And I know this, living life with the weight of heaven behind you is just a little bit outrageous. Some people look at my life and go, Barry, you always end up your feet. And I'm like, yes, I do. Do you know why? Because the weight of the Father is behind me. It's not because I'm more gifted. It's not because I'm better. It's not because I just make great decisions all the time. It's because I give honour to the King. And when I give honour to the King, He says in His Word, I will honour you. So as I put weight behind the things of Jesus, as I make important to me what's important to God, he looks at that and says, yes, now I'm going to put the weight of heaven behind what's important to you. 
That's why I have a great marriage. That's why I have great children. That's why I have a great ministry. That's why I have great friends. That's why things flowing in my life. Not because I'm great, but because I have made a choice to honor the king. And he says, as I do that, Barry, I'm going to honor you. We have a choice. You have a choice. And honor is a choice. There's so much to be said about honor biblically, so many scenarios, so many situations where you can apply it. But I think this is a really important one. How about this in honor? In Proverbs 3, in verses 9 and 10, I'm reading this from the Passion Translation. It says this, Glorify God with all your wealth. Honor him with your very best, with every increase that comes to you. Then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessing from an uncontainable source of inner joy. Right there is honor. Who knows that anyone can give you lip service? Yeah, you're great. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll come and do that with you. All kinds of lip service. But when it costs someone something, that's when you know if they really value it. When they're prepared to put something of themselves into it, that's when you know if they really value it. That's when it's weighty. That's when they esteem it. It's honor. And so when the word talks about your stuff, it's talking about honor. God doesn't need your stuff. He wants your heart. But in your heart has to be honor. And so what you're saying, God, you've opened up a work position for me. I'm so blessed. I'm going to honor you with my finances. I'm going to put my weight behind you. What's important to you is important to me. And what happens? God says, yes, I can work with that. This is a place of honor. And as you've got your weight behind me, I'm going to get my weight behind you. We declare so much about what we value through our possessions and our finances. You look at how much money you spend on a gift. You look at who you spend your money on, where you position your money. It will tell you so much about what you really value. And it's linked with honor. Come on, church. Let me challenge you right now. Do you honor God with these things, with your whole life, with your finances, with your possessions? Because what happens as you honor God, he honors you. I've hung my life on this stuff. And I know, I know, I know it causes flow. Heaven can flow in my life because I choose honor. So in our series, Truth Bombs, my first truth bomb is this, honor releases flow. And it's, it's a choice because do you know what? Honoring your boss, honoring your co-worker, honoring the government, honoring employees, honoring friends and parents, honoring your spouse, your children, even honoring God can sometimes be tough. But we've got to stop living by feelings and start living by truth. And as we make choices that line up with truth, and the truth is, honor releases flow. So if we make choices linked with honor, even when it's tough, we can hang our hat on it. God will release flow. Come on, we live in a world that's so much about feeling. Don't feel good. Don't feel right. Oh, it's a bit tough. Come on, let's make a choice to live in honor because it allows flow. I want my life to flow. It's time to embrace a culture of honor. And here's what I love. You know, our gospel message is that God so loved humanity. And he saw us struggling and he loved us too much to leave us that pl- in that place. And so he sent Jesus. And Jesus came and he demonstrated heaven on earth. And he reconnected humanity back to the Father. And he died a death he didn't deserve, but he rose again, defeating death. It's all linked with honor. 
God looked to humanity and says, I value you. You carry weight with me, so I'm going to invest. I'm going to invest my best. I'm going to invest my son, Jesus, into a relationship with you. And Jesus walks it out and he says, I'm pointing you to the Father. I'm demonstrating what heaven looks like. It's all about what carries weight with you. It's all about what you value. It's all about what you esteem. It's all about your respect. It's about honoring God, honoring people and people honoring God. And then out of the network of that, people honor people. And it's just this lovely flow of honor putting your weight behind people, putting your weight behind the Father, which reflects something of heaven, and it causes life to flow. I'd love it if I could just pray for you. Father, Father, I want to thank you for every amazing person that's tuned into this message. I declare a blessing on them right now. Lord, as we challenge ourselves to consider what honour looks like in our world, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd prompt us that we would stop just living by feelings and start making choices about truth. That we could begin to choose honour, honouring every area and every person in our lives. But Lord, I want to cry out and just say, we want to honour you. We honour you, Jesus. We thank you that you first honoured us by coming down from heaven Linking us back with the Father, forgiving our sins, dying a death on the cross, but defeating death so that we can have a hope for eternity. You first honoured us, the balls in our court. So we choose to honour you. Take my life, Lord God, and lead me forward. I just want to give a shout out to anyone who isn't in relationship with Jesus. Maybe you once were, maybe you've never been. It's today the day you make a choice around honour to say, I understand, Jesus, that you reached out to me and I'm going to respond by reaching back out to you because I value you. I thank you that you reconnected me to the Father and I thank you that my hope for eternity sits in you. So I choose today to honour you with my life. If that's you today, I'm going, to pray, I'm going to pray a prayer for you. Father God, Lord, I want to thank you for everyone who's had a heart shift today. And we just invite you right now to come and live in our hearts. We honour you. We esteem you. We thank you that you are God and we are not. And we say, come and live in me. Guide me forward. I want to live with the weight of heaven behind me. And so I choose to put you first and give you huge weight in my life. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Hey, I hope that blessed you. I hope that challenged you. I hope that it was helpful to you. But my biggest prayer is that your life would flow with the weight of heaven behind it. Hey, I'm going to hand back to the worship team. We're going to need Billy to splice them back in because they're not here right now. But so awesome, Billy. You are putting your weight behind this church and we're going to get our weight behind you. Have a great week, everyone. This is Pastor Barry checking out. Love to you all.